said, fitting that the Louis van Gaal derby in the middle of the week was nil-nil, uh, I thought. And uh, United sort of doing a general Van Hal tribute act. How, how are you doing in the midst of all this dreadful football? What do you say? Drudgery, misery and injury. It sounds like our last three managers. Uh. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, God, it's been bad. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to set the tone for what this podcast is going to be about this week. Talking of our last three managers, I mean, we've spent um, six years in the post-Ferguson era on this show talking about how dreadful it's been um, with a kind of couple of brief exceptions along the way. But I don't know if it's recency bias or whatever, but this is this is as, as bad as any extended spell under any of them, isn't it? Well, it's been stretching back to February. I mean, I, I, I'm always a bit... Um reluctant to make comparisons across seasons because of course it's across the summer and many things change but uh, Ollie did tell us that uh, having got a full pre-season in the players would be fit and ready to go play his game I, I barely see any pressing at the moment so uh, I, they're not enacting that part of his game not nope, they're just like statues in the middle of the park watching Newcastle tiki-taka it around us <laughs> um so yeah, it's it's really 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 bad, and this is this is stretched back what ten months now, <laughs> ten months. No, eight months, eight months, eight months, eight months, eight months. We're not we're not quite there, and and you know two of those months were the summer holidays, um, but six months that's six months of playing time that's been dreadful. For have we won an away game in six months? We're, we haven't won an away game, game since PSG. That was March the tenth, I believe because um, they had a little graphic about it on the Sky coverage. And I, th- I think that was when it was. So that's uh, seven months. <laughs> um, it's uh, it, it's not good. It will be funny if we get relegated. That <laughs> I think that would be funny, genuinely, like properly hilarious if we get relegated. But the thing is, we're probably not even going to get relegated. <laughs> no, you know, what, what's going to happen is we're going to finish eighth or something and we'll be forced into the... Europa League, what's it called? The Euro Conference, Europa the Vauxhall, Conference. Europa League, Vauxhall. Conference. I mean, they couldn't just the, the insult couldn't be bigger. I, I look, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I for one welcome our new Albanian champion overlords. So, <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know, I don't know what to say about it. Would be optimistic at this point. So uh, we should say Patreon backers, of course, heard us cover the end of the Rochdale game. But the last time we recorded a podcast, the main we show... We cut it off with 15 minutes to go as we're clinging on. It was it was 1-0 and I pressed stop and then they scored. It was almost like literally with it, between us finishing recording the main show and starting to record the bonus content, which we do like five minutes after the show max... Rochdale had equalised um, and uh, through a 12 yard he had to go back to school the next day and was told off for missing his classes <laughs> um, he, uh, he didn't miss his chance though did he and United to be fair to him didn't miss any penalties no. um, yeah. and they they smashed those league one slugs Bosh. aside it was, it, was with a, ease. it was a good warm up for what came after that which was United versus Arsenal on Mon- Monday night my god a week, week's a long time in politics right Week is a hell of a long time in the United land. <laughs> yeah, we were gonna do. We couldn't do one after the show on um, Monday, and then I had to have some dentist stuff done on the Tuesday, so I couldn't talk for a, for a bit. Um, 
but it was a good job because like the idea was we would just do a show covering that game. Well, we're about to cover that game. And it was real bad. It was like, utterly really, really bad. From... So we had two players starting the game in Rashford and Pogba who clearly weren't fit. Just clearly. I mean and Rashford still isn't. Rashford still isn't. I mean he's getting pelters from you know, every part of the internet, but he, the, 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 he shouldn't be playing. I mean, for whatever reason, Ollie's reluctant to start Mason Greenwood there, um, but it can't get any worse at the moment. And Rashford clearly isn't fit. He's someone who could uh, massively, massively benefit from two weeks on a beach in the sun somewhere, get himself fit, like, you know, reset, think again, because he's out of form, out of touch and injured. Um, and he was injured for most of the second half of last season. We know this because Ollie said in the summer, and he's clearly injured now. So he was one. And the other was Paul Pogba, who came into the game with an ankle injury, played anyway, and because uh, he had the ankle injury that he missed the Rochdale game for. Weirdly, parts no, of the internet no, saying... He played. Oh, yeah, no, he, he played, played in Rochdale, Rochdale game. Yeah. The game before but he, that but he, he still play. he had that ankle injury, and he got worse. And um, he couldn't play in the Arsenal game. Weird parts of the internet saying, oh, he's faking it to get a move. What? What? I just don't, I, honestly, I don't, I'm not going to keep going on about Paul Pogba, but there's some really weird people he triggers. Really weird people. And you're probably one of them if you're listening. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, he he didn't have a good game because he clearly is not fit either. And Andres Pereira on the right, completely ineffective. Dan James had one of his... Dan James, he looks like he's still learning games. Um, and the back four all, like, Turns AB actually looked the most competent of the back four by some distance before he completely give, gave it away, played the ball across his box, which is, you know, a cardinal sin. And then Harry Maguire's playing everyone five yards onside. You know, I think what Harry Maguire had done is drop back thinking Turns AB's going to pass it to him. Um, but he didn't read the situation very well, and he's he's played everyone on. Um, I mean, the 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 thing about that is, so Twanzebe's played left back, right back, centre back in the last since we last recorded a podcast, and apart from that moment, he's basically he's been, been lo- he's looked very good. Yeah, no, no, that's right. Um, so that was that uh, the, was complete the, mess of that game. And the other the other thing that happened in that game that we should talk about is the superb Scott McTominay goal, and that actually came. Because because United were quite up for this game. There was there was there was you know um you'd predicted a one all draw I believe on the last show and I'd sort of made fun of you for being so wildly optimistic, but you were right um in the sense that Arsenal were just as bad as United because Arsenal were dreadful and needed to be gifted a goal to get anything out of a game against a completely broken United. Right. But yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, United. Apart from Bamiang, I mean, who obviously finished well and he's in a rich vein of form at the moment. I mean, Arsenal's best player was Saka on the left, you know, this kid that has just been drafted into the team. The rest of them were awful. They were terrible in midfield, Arsenal. You know, they've got a couple of ratters in there. I mean, they're all little ratters, aren't they, in the Arsenal midfield? They've gone full anti-Wenger and just, you know, got a bunch of people who are going to put the reducers in or at least try. Um, but yeah, they're they're not a good they're not a good side, and and United did. You're right; they started with some high energy, but it dissipated. And I I think I tweeted at halftime. Be interesting to see if United sit back a little bit more and and whether Arsenal take the game to United because actually I think Arsenal allowed United to look quite good by letting United have it up to about thirty yards from goal. 
and they were happy to form a low block and try and break from there. And I think they just kind of figured they had some measure of United and they came out just in much more positive fashion and were much the better side in the second half. I mean, you can't say they didn't deserve their equaliser. I mean, you know, really ridiculously scrappy um, equaliser, helped by VAR, of course. Um, I think we were spe- speculating in the uh, Rankus WhatsApp group, or at least I was, whether the ref had actually blown or not. And apparently just put the whistle to his mouth, but didn't blow. Because if he blows, because the flag went up, which is against protocol... Right, the lines. I know. I thought. I thought they'd said before this season that that late flag thing is they're not going to do that in the Premier League. Right. The linesman's going to flag, which seems but, but, ridiculous but, 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 to me. Because then the referee yeah, blows. I think the late and... flag thing is better than this situation yeah, it because is, yeah. they put the flag up. Now we're we're just going to assume that none of the United players saw that flag and changed anything they were going to do. Like the keeper and the defenders that were around Bamiyang, they didn't do anything about it. We've just got to assume that because there are going to be times this season when that happens and players stop. And if the ref doesn't blow yeah. his whistle, the game is live and a goal is going to be given if it's overturned, as it was in this case. Now, because the ref hasn't blown his whistle, um, Arsenal have been credited with a goal they deserved because, you know, it's a a legitimate goal. But we've also just got to say, yeah, De Gea didn't see it, De Gea didn't see it, and none of the defenders saw it, and they, nothing changed. You know, and it's a bit... It's good. And, and that's, maybe that's okay now, but it's going to be a big assumption in some games this season. Well, this is the thing, because the, the thing about that is we're talking... It's like, that should be an example of our really, really working well, because a very egregious error has been overturned and a goal that should have st- stood as stood. But even then, the protocol isn't quite right. So that's the Arsenal game. Now comes the Louis van Gaal derby. I saw the last two minutes of this game um, because it was on so early. I was still working. Yeah. Um, so and and uh, a nil nil away at Alkmaar. There's no way you're going to get me watching the highlights of that game. Well, so I saw I all of the first half, right. and um, and I left uh, left my office at half time. Um, after the yeah, after the first half, um, I had dinner with my boss and a bunch of people in a restaurant uh, in a basement where there was zero coverage, so I <laughs> couldn't even find out what the score was. But I guess I didn't miss much because the first half was dreadful. I mean, United were just unable to create anything, and I suppose this was a game in which a few of the kids did get a run out, and there's been a little bit of criticism that um, this notion that Ollie's playing a lot of kids isn't quite right. Um, oh, yeah. I thought it was insane not to start Mason Greenwood against Arsenal, by the way. Absolutely insane. That's like one of the worst decisions yeah. Solskjaer's made so far, yeah. in my opinion. Well, look, I, look, I, um, I kind of understand that throwing a whole bunch of kids into a bad team all at the same time um, can yeah. have a negative effect on them. But I, right now, is, is Gomez worse than Mata? Is Mason Greenwood worse than Pereira? Is... Brandon Williams worse than Ashley Young or Luke Shaw. Uh, I tell you what, I didn't see the Outmar game, but I can tell you the answer to the question is Brandon Williams worse than Ashley Young. The answer to that question is no. There's absolutely no way that he's worse than that because no one is worse than Ashley no, Young. No, no, that's point. right. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of Brandon Williams because, you know, I'm um, stupid enough to have uh, subscribed to the MUTV channel at some point and can't work out how to unsubscribe. So um, uh, they keep signing me up each year, and I'm like, oh god, I'm giving 
giving them cash I don't need to. And then I'm like, well, I'll watch you under 18. So um, uh, I've seen a lot of him. I think he's a really talented player. And it's kind of interesting. A couple, you know, a little, little while ago, um, he switched from right to left because Ethan Laird, another really talented player, has played a lot on the right as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a really good kid, Ethan Laird. I think he's got big things ahead of him. But Brandon Williams, I mean, why not? You know, it's it's not like we haven't seen five years of Luke Shaw at left back and kind of know what he's about now or seen what, what the last three years of Ashley Young at left back and know what he's about. Uh, and Gomez, I mean, Gomez is struggling a little bit because I think the step up for him is quite a lot at the moment. And I think he could probably do with a loan. Same with um, Chong, by the way. I think the two of them really could do with some time away. Um, I mean, a lot of people are making the obvious comparison with Chelsea right now and all those kids that have come into the Chelsea side who are playing well or yeah, inconsistent and then well have all had a solid year of football behind them um, in the championship. And then you look at the difference between, say, Gomez and Chong's match readiness and perhaps even Greenwood's match readiness versus Axel Tunzebi's match readiness and you can see there's an extra year of development, can't you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and I don't think we should have played. I don't think it was insane not to play Gomez, Chong, and Williams and Greenwood against Arsenal. But I think it was insane not to play Greenwood against Arsenal. I mean, but two goals in two games. The only player who'd looked even remotely dangerous against either Rochdale or Astana. Astana. I mean, this is what we're talking about here, you know. And 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 with Rashford half dead, basically. And you know, it did look. More than Rashford looked a little bit better when he went out to the right. Anyway, that's a, that's a, the Altmar game. Probably we can't do too much analysis since you saw half of it and I didn't see any of it. And then there was the Newcastle game. I I don't know if you've seen this, Ed, because this has come out just just a few minutes ago. Um, well, an hour ago or so. Uh, David de Gea admitted that United are in their worst and most difficult period. Um, he said. Uh, he said, asked what needs to improve at the club. De Gea simply responded, everything. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of things, Duff. Um, it's not acceptable, not just this game, but the whole season. It's the most difficult time since I've been here. I don't know what's happening. We cannot even score one goal in two games. We didn't create any proper chances. We defended well. The team needs to step up. We have some big injuries, but that's no excuse. Blah, blah, blah. Um, this is the most difficult time since I've been here. I don't know why. What's happening? Sorry to the fans. We'll keep fighting. Come on. We conceded a goal from a corner, meaning an attacking corner. This cannot happen. It's unacceptable. <laughs> so David De Gea has fully lost it today. Good. We good, should have got good, him on the good show. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, look, in, in uh, against Arsenal, United created um, just over one XG. Against uh, Newcastle... Uh, just a little bit under one XG. But, I mean, it depends. Um, Infogol have it a little bit higher than that. Uh, but nearly half of that XG was Harry Maguire's miss. You know, and, and like, I, I kind of, I, I hear Ollie and I hear him saying, oh, you know, we've got to take our chances. We've got to be more clinical. And there's Harry Maguire's miss. There's um, um, a Paul Pogba header, like, from point-blank range, missed against Alkmaar. And there's Scott McTominay um, against Arsenal, you know, when it looked like uh, he was, he had a free header. You know, there's there's like chances was, and half was... chances, a couple of penalties missed this year. And like, if all these go in, sure, but just, we are just uh, not creating it's... enough good chances, you know? Some, like, yeah. you can, can, you can fool yourself. And Oli, I think, does fool himself. 
um, about the quality, of, you know, the chances. He's like, oh, we created chances because we had shots, you know. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten shots United have had in the Newcastle game that are less than 0.1 XG, right? So ten yeah, shots of which there's 10% chance just for the uninitiated of scoring, you know? But to to be fair, he didn't say after the Newcastle game we played well, we created chances. Like I would, No, in, in no, no, but he has done in, in previous games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. He has, um, but... But like, I mean, he, and and he was asked about the Maguire chance on the by the BBC, and he was kind of like, oh yeah, well, that's the kind of chance that goes in when you're playing well, and Harry knows he's got to do better there. But honestly, like, yeah, he, he should do better there. But that's not the I mean, even Solskjaer wasn't saying like, oh, you know, we rude missed chances today. Today was we were just we were just a total shambles, a total shambles. And the the great irony is. Actually, um, Greenwood came on after 65 minutes and, you know, it did start to look. There was a little five-minute period there between when Greenwood came on and when the goal went in where United actually finally looked half-decent and then, of course, immediately conceded. There was the moment where Ashley Young uh, decided to, like, pass it back across the six-yard box instead of shooting or, you know, it looked it looked on telly like he had a good shooting opportunity, although angles can be a bit deceiving, can't they, on, on telly? Um, but anyway... Uh, Overall, United with the ball, because they United have been all right without the ball. The sloppy goal to concede against Arsenal based on a, a massive error. There were massive errors in the in the Longstaff goal. I mean, Pereira played whoever it was that then passed the ball back to um Longstaff was played onside by Pereira, who was looking down the line and standing a mile like out of line with the rest of the defenders. I mean he's not a defender, obviously. Um and Maguire didn't attack the ball, and there's a lot of things you could say that are wrong. But generally, the, the defensive organisations looked much better. But sure. there's nothing going forward. And and yeah, all right. So he said, Solskjaer did say, well, you've got six players missing from the team that started on the first day of the season. So Bissaka, Juan Bissaka, Paul Pogba and Anthony Martial, I would say those are really big losses. Martial... Has had plenty of bad games for United. So has Pogba, to be fair. But those are their big losses. Luke Shaw's not a big loss. Jesse Lingard's not a big loss. There's just... There's, I can't even think of who the other player is that played on the first day and is now injured. Um, mm. There's... there's There is a huge... The, the strength in depth, it's it's. I mean, it's, there's, there's nothing bad. there. It's, it's, uh, yeah, just... I mean, look down our bench. Right? It's... It is. It is funny that Nemanja Matic didn't even start today. <laughs> that was funny. Well, he does. It, look, I mean, um, it, there, there were four players against Alkmaar who shouldn't be at the club. Um, at the uh, on the, on the pitch today, at some point, it was Marcos Rojo shouldn't be at the club. You know, he'd been trying to get rid of him for three years. Pereira. I mean, I'm not one to to boot younger players, but we have seen him. Uh, for a long time now, and he's had two full seasons away from United. He's he's 23, isn't he now, Andreas Pereira? Yeah, he is. I, I'm just really struggling to see it. I'm just really, really struggling. Good kid at youth level, you know, looked technically very good, could play in a lot of positions, mostly played off the left. And I, I do feel sorry for him that he's hardly ever played in that position, which I think he does prefer because he can come in and shoot, you know, which he is his one sort of top skill, I suppose. And uh, he looks to influence from that, and he just can't do it over on the right. So I feel sorry for him, but I just I've seen nothing that tells me that he's going to make it 
Uh, Fred, who shouldn't be at the club, United should have cut their losses. There's, there's just nothing ever come from him, ever. You know, in the tiny little glimpses, you kind of hope that they'll blossom into something and they never have. Uh, and then Wan Mata, who's starting this game because, well, what other choices are there, I suppose? I mean, except for throwing Angel Gomez in. Uh, but Wan Mata, love him, does some great work um, for charity, gives away a proportion of his income, super bloke, hugs, crap blogger, crap footballer, I'm afraid. And he's just gone and, you know, nice guy. And he gets away with it because he's a nice guy. I mean, you won't see. He, you he, has, won't he, see, he gets away with it with some people. Some people, sure, people but you won't see an, an inch of ink about him by any yeah, serious sure. journalist that, you know, that is going to go, he's done. But he's done, you know, and, and this is United's problem. So, like, you, you've got David Haya, Harry Maguire in this team today, right? Um, David... Yeah, Harry Maguire, who are kind of legitimate, mature players, right? Diego Dallo, kid, just come back from injury. Axel Turnzabi, kid. Ashley Young, done. Fred, no business at the club. Pereira's never going to make it. Wan Mata, done. Daniel James, kid. And Marcus Rashford, injured, you know? I mean, talk about setting yourself up for, for failure, right? And we really shouldn't be surprised. I don't think anyone anyone that saw that starting eleven was surprised. I messaged you to say I think this is worse than any Jemba Jemba era Fergie starting eleven. A friend, I got um, messages from more than one person saying this might be the worst starting eleven they've ever seen, certainly for a Premier League game at United. I mean the 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 problem is with this starting eleven is not just. It's like um, the absolute best version of that starting eleven would be fine. It's the combination of. In certain places, a complete lack of quality, and in other places, either a dreadful loss of form or um, or genuinely done. I mean, Ashley Young hasn't lost form. He's genuinely mm-hmm. done. I mean, listen, Ashley Young has been driving us mad for three years, losing the ball in dangerous positions. You know, you work an opening and it's Ashley Young there. We talked about O-ring theory time and time and sure. time again on the show. And before we started you know, that but- theory, we were making fun of him for never creating a bloody thing his output as a forward was almost zero you know yeah so so that's that's not news i mean matter that's you know matter has not had a great united career he's probably had 10 amazing games for united if that and he's he's played i think he's played for us more than he's played for any other club i believe right so i feel kind of sad about that for him um but uh you know so the the matter thing we know we know what that is, uh, f- Fred. So not going to happen for him. Fred, I, I'll Fred tell is, you now. Fred I mean, is so I... bad. Fred is so bad. I can't even be that happy that Nemanja Matic didn't play, and I'm really happy yeah. that Nemanja Matic didn't play. There, there is. I, I, I would put large amounts of money. I'm, I'm not going to do that, but you know, I put large amounts of money on. There's no chance Fred is going to make it. At United. United will get rid on a loan next summer or some kind of cut price deal somewhere in Spain or Inter. Portugal or maybe to Inter. Yeah, because it's not going to happen for him. Um, he, I, don't, I don't know what it was. You know, the, the theory that it was Kieran McKenna pushing for this one seems a bit odd, but, you know, maybe, who knows, head of scouting, Jose, whoever it was, but this is a dud. Um, and that money is now spent and uh, we're going to have to move on. But the problem is with Fred being crap, Pogba, I presume, given how bad United 
are at the moment is going to want to move next summer. And you've got Herrera and Fellaini already gone. Are United going to going to recruit four midfielders next summer? Well, they they absolutely have to. I mean, we don't need to have this conversation again. No, I mean it was, it was basically row, but... rhetorical. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the so the 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 complete lack of attacking fluency, you could say the injuries play a part in that, but. The kind of what are they working on in training thing is like that the every time, you know, it's completely trivial to play against Manchester United. It's completely, tactically, it's completely trivial. Sit back, hit them on the break. They literally can't handle it. You might not win because um, it might be that the kind of personal individual talents of a couple of defenders, the defensive organisation and the keeper combined to stop you scoring, but they're not going to score. Like, unless something ricochets in or someone scores a worldie, like the... No, no, I mean, you're totally right. United are hoping for individual brilliance. You know, there's just nothing about the pass and the play that creates chances. Good chance. Nothing, you know? And 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 Newcastle was day. And they scored from a, a a brilliant goal, you know, really fine finish. Although I did, I I don't like to criticise David de Gea, as you know, you know, I I did wonder whether he was one yard to his left, you know, and he wasn't quite in set. He wasn't quite set, you know. It beat him. Yeah, it beat yeah. him. It's like, but it wasn't right in the corner, was it? Um, and then you know, that's uh, they had that um the Almiron break where. Amron took too long on the ball and Maguire got back and, and tackled him, but you know, they And that, that was the only other really decent well, decent chance, yeah. Because <laughs> every other time um, Amron had it in a decent area, he threw himself to the ground. But they were much better than us. Like that because they were defensively perfectly functionally well organized and they offered some threat on the counter. It's, it's the Steve that, Bruce tactical tactical genius, that is. I mean, this is the 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 outwitting of Manchester United is is completely trivial. There's nothing to it. No, no, you're, you're right. There's no complexity to this United side. I mean, when when we had that great run, that was that was mostly about playing in this this way. But players, you know, were liberated, and and um, we, looking back at the data, got some fortune as well. You know, for I that mean, we, for you, that seventeen. You said that all, yeah. You said all the way through. It's not like you. This is a hindsight thing. You were saying that all the way through. Um, but the 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 thing that is so upsetting about this is the thing that I thought was really good about that run was the amount of confidence that the players had. Now, as Oshawa said today, he said, "I feel disappointed in a different way in the back end than at the back end of the last season because at the back end of last season it felt like their attitude was wrong. This season, their attitude's great. They're working hard. They're doing, you know, but their attitude isn't great." because they don't believe in themselves and you can't manage a football team that doesn't believe in itself. You can't, there's not, if the team doesn't believe in itself, there's nothing you can do. Self-belief is the absolute linchpin of how you make it work with the players. And this is the thing I was saying about Mourinho the whole time that we're not going to talk about it again, but we all know what the structural problems are. The structural problems are there. The manager's job is to do the best under the circumstances. And this is the thing that's really worrying, which is that 
like under Mourinho, what's happening now is we're getting the worst version of the current circumstances, both in terms of injury management, which mm-hmm. is extremely suspect. And we we really should Rashford... talk about that. We really should talk about it. Not just injury management, but why we're getting so many injuries, you know, and, and Rashford has a muscle problem, right? There's a few of them gone down with muscle problems. Pogba's is an ankle problem, although they can be related, you know, and I just wonder whether the the actual training regime, this thing that was supposed to have got the players so fit that they could play the way that Ollie wants them to play, isn't playing a part in the the number of... I'm speculating, obviously. I'm doing a rave of high end here, but um, that they isn't playing a part in the, the rash of injuries that United are getting. Then you get the injury management, which is pretty criminal. I, I know it's desperate. It's out of desperation because there's there's just nothing in the squad. Yeah, but it's it's the the it is out of desperation on one hand, but Mason Greenwood fully fit is better than an injured Marcus Rashford. He's just better, you know. That's 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 not complicated, and and we've seen him score goals, and not millions, two, but you know, it's that's a lot. That's a lot for United, um, you know. So it's a complete. Things are a total shambles at the moment. And it's not like you bolt Pogba, Wan-Bissaka and Martial back into this team. Never mind the kind of supplementary injuries around that, which are causing a problem. But, you know, you put those three back into the team and all the problems are solved because they're not, because we haven't been very good fully fit either. And we've had a lot of the same problems fully fit. They just look even worse because you've got less individual talent on the pitch. Um, So... Big, 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 big problems ahead, and mm. and I I do think you know, um, I do think it's no surprise whatsoever if you forward out from here and United finish tenth this season. No, I mean that, there's that's... plenty of scenarios in which you could uh, say that you know. I remember when Ollie came in, like it was perfectly believable that um, at that time a scenario that United finished in the bottom half of the table could could have played out right as it has it happened. United got a big bump from Ollie. Um, before it all went south, and and that wasn't true, but yeah, you know, we we are we have been in dreadful form, as we've said for for some time, and, and don't look like we're playing in a way that we're going to get out of that dreadful form, right? Where are the goals suddenly going to come from? Just where, you know, we don't have a style of play that creates a lot of good chances, so it is it has to be from brilliant moments, and maybe that will kickstart some confidence if there are some brilliant moments. Anyway, I am um, I, I but that's, go go ahead, sorry. That, Sorry, but that isn't that is just such a disgrace, and and that you know my kind of hopes and dreams about Solskjaer. I'm very excited about Solskjaer, and I kind of have no regrets about that really, even though it's turning out the way it's turning out. Um, you know, there was still a kind of it was nice to hope and dream and be joyful. But the one of the reasons that I like the idea of Solskjaer is because actually his teams have an identity. His team did play with, you know, Mulder did have an identity and he is a kind of bit of a Guardiolista in his way, old old Ollie Solskjaer, you know, in terms of in terms of his, you know, not in terms of what's happening, though. There's none of that's happening. He's kind of been just, I don't know, that something's like... Do you remember when Ryan Giggs was asked about what his management style would be? And he goes, well, I think I'd probably play with wingers back in the day, you know. And there's there's something a bit a bit like, well, you know, Man United play on the counter, don't we? About Solskjaer's current tactics. And it's like, well, yes, in the late 1990s, it was very good to play on the counter. Um, all right. In the late 20, 2000s as well, to be fair. But uh, there's no... 
none of the teams at the top of the game at the moment are like absorb pressure and slam counter. No, no, they're they're no. either aggressive pressing sides or they're possession sides or a combination of both. A combination of both, none, yeah. We're nothing. And and some the only way that meaningful change would happen is if there is a style of play that emerges where we start to create more chances. And that is, there's absolutely no evidence of that. It's very depressing. No, it's, it's not going to happen with this group of players. And, and I guess Ollie would point to needing different or new players in order to do that. But, I mean, we're a long way off and he, he might not get there, you know. No, no matter what Edward Wood's and- saying, I think, you know, if, if the slump continues like this for any length of time, it's going to be... He's going to be in a really, really difficult position. So um, I, I watched the under-18s game at the weekend. I guess I didn't have anything better to do, but um, it's fun. And there's a lot of talented players in that that group. You know, way, way too young to ship them into the first team. But uh, United played Newcastle um, and were two on, two on down at halftime, scored three in about three minutes to to um, get it back to 4-2 uh, and then another one to, to make it 5-2 in the end. Now... Like the the under twenty threes are the same actually in that they're the complete opposite of the first team at the moment. Like really no defensive solidity, scoring goals for fun all over the place. Um, and you know Ollie's got to he's got to find that somehow. He's got to, if that's bringing in younger players, um, starting Mason, swapping it around, changing up the tactics, which he hasn't done in months either. Some kind of other approach he has to because you know you know. We play Liverpool next at Old Trafford, and they just win everything all the time at the moment. Um, and so there's not much of a guarantee we're going to get anything out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> is there? No, no, there's, no, you're right, Ed. There is not much of a guarantee that we're going to get anything from probably the best... Well, the, I don't know if they're the best team in the league or not, but they're, they're, they might be the best team in Europe at the moment. So, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, is, it's... It's 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 Liverpool. Is there an international break? Is that why we've got a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. what's happening. Partizan no, in the no Europa League, which United are in a half decent position in the Europa League. That's away, so big big old long trip. Norwich could go either way. They they uh, they hammered City and then lost to Villa. <laughs> Just we got Chelsea in the League Cup, um, and then then an away trip to Bournemouth. So you know they're they're games that once upon a time you'd have said. Well, they're winnable for United, but they're 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 everyone's a banana skin for United now. Well, we haven't we haven't won away from home since March, <laughs> no. and we've got three away games on the bounce after Liverpool. Like it's no four four away games on four the bounce away games after on Liverpool the bounce. at home. Yeah. So we're not going to win a game for five games now. I mean, maybe maybe we'll break the hoodoo in Belgrade. Do you really fancy United going away on a Thursday night to Belgrade and getting a result because? I have to tell you, I do not. You're not going to put money on that not. one. That, that's that's a no. good one. That kicks off at um, five to six. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Classic five to six. I'll miss that one as well because of work. Um, Norwich on the Sunday. I haven't currently got a reason I'm going to miss that game, so might end up watching that. It's very unfortunate. But these are all you know weeks away, and we'll talk about some of them. Did you put out the shout for Twitter question? I, I did indeed. All right. So does that? Let's let's. Let's talk to the people about how they're all going to hate all the players I like and hate the manager who's a legend. Imagine how annoying it would be if you were like 17 and you got no emotional investment in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and there's all these old men going, can't say anything nasty about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. 
Andrew Yaxley says, this one's for Ed. How does it feel to have gone from one of the truly ranty, pessimistic United fans to one of the more positive, optimistic United fans on Twitter? Name change for the pod incoming? <laughs> I've always felt the podcast was very poorly named, Andrew. Yeah, Ed, have you um, have you you've swapped to being, you're like, you, basically what's happened is you haven't moved and society shifted out from underneath your footsteps, hasn't it? That, that's it, yeah. Well, I mean... Um, Sometimes when I feel particularly negative, I just don't write anything uh, because yeah. <laughs> what's the point? I'm just going to be adding to the flood, you know, and and yeah. and uh, I uh, the positive things I've said recently, I, I, a few about Marcus Rashford, because I think there is talent in there um, and he's a player who scores about um, at about point three five, you know, uh, across his career and he can do better than that. Um, and I think there's, you know, very, very few players score 50 goals before they're 21 or by the time they're 21, very few. Um, his record in that is better than a whole host of really top name strikers. You know, it is an art you have to learn. So, um, there's plenty of reasons to think that he can go on to have a really great career with really great numbers. And my frustration there is you've got a player who's still a young player. He might have. And, and I think Jose has not helped here because he's like, he's been five years in the team. He's really not. You know, it's less than four years since he made his debut. He's made about 100 starts, just over 100 starts. That's really a couple of full seasons of really real experience, you know. And um, so, yeah, I did that a few times, um, which, is, which might be what Andrew's playing, talking about. He's played with an injury for six months. Like, you know, so anyway, yeah, the, the, the knee-jerk writing off of Marcus Rush. I mean, I don't I don't want to see his name on the team sheet at the moment, not because I think he's rubbish, because I think he needs a rest. Ben Hudson says, how long until the leadership of the club takes over the day-to-day -day running of the women's team and they also become completely unlikable? <laughs> yeah, they're doing really well, aren't they? They, they had those um, two kind of uh, near misses and then they've their, their results have... The results have gone well, well. They beat Liverpool, which was great. I mean, I, I watched that game. I, I thought they played really, really well. Deserved their victory. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, late goals to make it 2-0. And I guess it was close up until then. But, um, yeah, the, you know, Casey Stoney's has got a team that's going to do all right. I think they will be comfortably mid-table um, in their first season back in the Premier League. And they play away at Spurs next um, next weekend. Yeah, so so you know, and to answer the question, oh my god, keep the keep the keep Woodward away from the women's team, whatever you do. Maz says so. Fred being awful is confirmed. Is the number of uh, number or touches our two centre backs have an indication of how terrible we are? I lost track of the backward passes. I wonder how many how we compare with other teams. I haven't looked at this one actually. Um, didn't read that question very well, but uh, do we play a lot of backwards passes? I'm not sure, and is Fred particularly guilty of that? He's certainly a crab as a player. I mean, he does try to play some positive passes, um, and it's the criticism that was made of Scott McTominay, of course, when he first came into the, he, the team. He makes a lot more positive passes than he once did, you know, lots, lots more, and that's been to his eternal credit. I think the major problem with Fred is not necessarily him going backwards to the centre-backs, um, but the fact that he just gives the ball away a huge amount. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big problem. And he's just, we can't, we can't say this on the podcast again, but I'm going to say 
like what does he do? <laughs> like what 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 we don't know what kind of but anyway. And I mean there's a there's a mild argument to say give him two games at number ten just in case. But not but the problem with that is every time he's got the ball he gives it away, so that's probably not good. Greg Seward says, why has Oli not changed the formation when it clearly doesn't work? I mean, I think this is, I mean, he wants to create an identity, which is why he wants to play in this pattern. He wants to, he wants to play with attacking fullbacks. He wants to play with two more holding and three supporting the main striker. And he wants to be able to play on the break with, you know, in quick transitions. Um, and United actually really aren't doing any of that at the moment because it's all a bit of a jumble. That, that's why he's not changed the formation. But you just gotta wonder what is gonna change. You know, is he just waiting for luck? Yeah, and the this formation business is a a, a big problem because United don't have an attacking identity playing four two three one. Maybe he feels like it offers enough more defensive stability, but but United's defensive stability isn't coming from their midfield. I guess I I don't know. I guess McTominay does contribute to some defensive stability or whatever. I think, but, I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I, don't, but, I don't know if he's naturally really a defensive midfielder, really. No, but I mean, what I'm sort of talking about is like structurally, does the two, does the two in the four two three one, is that part of why our defense has looked good? I don't think it seems. I'm not an expert in this, but doesn't seem to me to be the predominant reason why it would be more about actually just the back four being better. Yeah, you know that that seems to be the the thing. So you could go for you could you could play four three three without losing too much. But I don't know. I mean, he's played to, Paul got... Pogba in in that too quite a lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But but Pogba Pogba's excellent at doing that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Chris Wood says uh, there's a lot of black humour going on in uh, on Twitterland, mm-hmm. which I prefer to the whining. Chris Wood says, "Who do we want for our first away game next season? Leeds, Blackburn, or Preston?" <laughs> Leeds will be up. We'll do, we're going to flip flop. Imagine how buzzing Leeds fans will be when we flip flop with Leeds and they get in the prem. Liverpool win the league. Leeds get promoted from the, from oh, the championship. City win the championship. We, Champions League. Yeah. yeah, Champions League, and we get relegated. <laughs> Oh dear! Stop, stop it! Stop it! Here, question for you, Paul. Matt Peck says, okay. "What is Phil Jones's best position?" <laughs> we haven't had that one for a while. I always enjoy it. Always enjoy it. Just sat behind Woodward in the stands, mouthing stuff about the manager. Yeah, yeah. Robbie Burney says, "Do we pay 150 million or 200 million for the Longstaff brothers in January?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean. Do they know we're still allowed to buy players from Europe? Do they? Do they? Do they think we're not allowed? Is that what they think's happened? That this is, they're just getting ahead of the game. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. Like, I guess it'll be after October. This is uh, Ollie's version of the Norway option, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, like if this is the Norway option. <laughs> Gareth Ken says, "Is De Gea's interview the kiss of death for Solskjaer?" It's interesting actually because I hadn't seen that interview before you read it out earlier, but mm. that is. Uh, he doesn't mention Ollie. He's not outright critical of Ollie, but but he's basically saying we've got no idea what we're doing. Yeah, which it's pretty implicit, not, isn't it? It's not a good look, and he's just signed a new contract, hasn't he? So he feels secure. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I hear this on a? Did I hear this on another podcast that there was a clause previously yeah. in his contract where he was allowed to pick? Yeah. His own. Yeah, I think. Well, like Castles was saying it, but I, I don't know. It might have been oh, on a okay. podcast as well. Yeah, he was allowed to pick his in his old contract his own, um, his own coach. And as soon as he signed that new contract, his coach was fired. Wow! Wow! Interesting. That's why he's so grumpy. That's why he's so grumpy. Yeah. 
Dan Campbell says, would relegation be such a bad thing? Question mark. I mean, uh, like it was the it was a sort of spark in the 70s, wasn't it, for United's revival? I mean, not quite, yeah. but sort of. I mean, they, 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 lots of old Reds say that that's one of their favourite seasons ever. And we did win the FA Cup. The only value of doing that is if the Glazers sold up. I mean, really, yeah. and 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 then maybe they'd sell up for a price that brought in some, you know, a consortium or some a other dictatorship. Yeah, some other kind of business person that is not like a Middle Eastern petro state with awful human rights records. Yeah, or or any petro state from around the world, because this is not a, a regional bias. Just to be clear, this is about the nature of human rights abuse. It's not where the people come from. I don't I don't mind there being foreign owners of Man United. It's just I would like the owners of Man United. I'd like them to, be... to not go around murdering people. Yeah, that, I mean it's a, it's a, like, it's a low bar, but yeah. Ideally, there wouldn't be massive Trump donors. And well, you, you also... know our current owner. <laughs> That's what that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Um, and that's why I said that. Um, and then the, the, you know, but to be honest, that wouldn't. They'd still make plenty of money out of owning United, like plenty of salary money out of owning United if we were relegated to the Championship. So, and anyway, I mean, listen, hey, who knows what's going to happen? But there's, I would say, almost no way we're going to be relegated to the Championship. Mm. Almost. A, a couple of, a couple of related questions. Jax365 says, are we in a relegation battle? And Jamie O'Donoghue says, can you explain? And he's posted a picture of uh, the um, Premier League table from match week 30 in 2018-19. I guess that's when Ollie was appointed. Is that right? Or is that yep. post? Well, oh, they're appointed full time, this must be. Oh, okay. Yeah, and United are third from bottom. Yeah, well, look look at that. Since then, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Bryson and Watford stuck it to Bryson and Watford. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that might be the table, because I saw this doing, a bunch of stuff doing around. There was the table since Brendan Rodgers took the Leicester job, because I believe Leicester are third in that table um, since Brendan Rodgers took over. So maybe we should have given Brendan Rodgers the job instead of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Well... I think it is almost inarguable that as things currently stand, we should have given Brendan Rodgers the job and not only going to Solskjaer. No, no. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of office gags in here, but no, no, I just couldn't have it. I just couldn't have it. But yes, he's, prob- managers he's, he's probably a better needs. manager. Different managers for different needs. Is that what you're saying? Lewis Pollock says, is it possible to press fast forward to January? We need some serious changes. Well, look, two, yeah, we're already starting on the transfer. Well, two things here. No, it's not. I'm afraid you're going to have to suffer through it like the rest of us. Stop trying to cop out. And and uh, two, sorry, that was one. Two, we're not going to be buying anyone in January. All right? On, on January the 31st, it will be... Oh, well, no. In fact, it's going to start about mid-December. We not, all know how difficult it is to buy anyone in January. No one wants to give up their best players, etc., and so on. The thing is, also, um, I can't believe people haven't yet worked out that it does not matter what happens in transfer windows. United are just doomed. This is like, there's no, you, there's no thing that you can fast forward to because... I mean, eventually this will not turn out to be the case, but all the way through Moyes, it was like, can we just fast forward to the bit where he gets sacked? Then Van Gaal was like, can we fast forward to the bit where it starts working? Oh, now can we fast forward to the bit where he gets sacked? 
Mourinho, can we try and get something out of him before he hits the point at which we then have to fast forward to the point at which he gets sacked? And now one of my favourite footballers in history and a man who I secretly believe to be a managerial genius has got the job and we just want to fast forward it. What people actually mean is, can we fast forward it to us being good again? Well, yeah, yeah. You're going to miss 20 years of your life because this is not happening anytime soon. Funny you should say that. Matthew Edwards says, how great will it be when Axel lifts the league title for the first time on his last ever game for the club, retiring at the age of 39? To go and be the player manager of Middlesbrough. That's, that's Axel Twanzebe is the new Brian Robson. Uh, it's going to be a long time before we're back. I mean, it would be a long time before we're back if we had a sound transfer strategy and were able to spend our vast amounts of cash sensibly. But we know that we're not. We can't. We've got six and years of history to tell us that we honest, can't. I don't mind if we are flaky i don't mind if we don't win stuff i had really now we are six years into not being likely to win the league i don't need us to be likely to win the league i need to all i want out of them is to look forward to watching them that's it like that's it's literally that simple and that doesn't mean that you know you're going to roll every team over that's below you in the league it means that you know there's uh, going to be patterns of play and some quality on show and and in positive attacking intent and competence. And I don't mind if we're flaky or if we have bad games or if, you know, you bed in a load of youngsters and it doesn't work. I mind having no identity whatsoever. And that was what was happening under Mourinho and it's what's happening again now. And that's very painful. Mm. Stephen Linden says, how did Ed and the Glazers salvage their situation? They've backed themselves into a corner by appointing a United legend and will attract massive anger from some of the fans if they sack him. But equally as much if they don't and performances get worse. I mean, look, I think this is a fair point, right? I think with this appointment, Woodward Woodward was just like the cat that got the cream when it was all going great for Ollie last season. And he made that emotional decision to make the full-time appointment after Paris. Because he's like, this gives me time. I, 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 you know, I can get a cheaper manager. I don't have to spend thirty odd million on Poch, um, who'd have you know some serious demands also in the transfer league. Um, I, you know, I can now enact this getting back to um, our core values, youth, and you know, whatever narrative. Um, and he brought in some time, but it's it's only time bought if um, if Ollie is able to turn the situation round and actually start showing some progress with this team you know that that's otherwise he's just kicked the can down the road you know and right at the moment it looks like he's kicking a can full of down the road it's it, like he is in a serious situation too and I, I guess the truth is that um he is judged judged on how much money united make and we had a very lengthy conversation about just where united are on financials a couple of weeks ago um, and they've just posted yeah. record revenues, and so he's under no pressure from that point of view. Now, fast forward, since it's a popular sort of you know thing at the moment, fast forward six to 12 months, and it's not going to look so rosy because United definitely won't be in Champions League football next season, I don't think. That's going to take a... We're already 40 million hit-ish they're guiding this season, um, it'll be even more next season once some of the contracts um, that have bonus clauses associated to the Champions League 
um, kind of are enacted, you know, all penalty clauses such as the Adidas contract, but apparently more than that as well. Um, so we might be guiding another forty odd million off next season, right? And so then the revenue doesn't look so good at all, you know. And and United's commercial has been flat for a long time. The genius of Woodward, you know, four years now, basically. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned that last week. Yeah, well. yeah. So, you know, the genius of Woodward has run out. Everyone else has copied the strategy United was slightly ahead on. Not much, just slightly ahead on, you know. Um, and, and every, uh, you know, given the collective contract uh, in Europe and the collective contract for broadcast rights in the Premier League, we're floating at the same level as everyone else there. So, um, yep. yeah. It, I mean, so it doesn't look that good. In the medium term, right now he's not he's he's not getting fired because the Glazers only care about how much they can extract from the club um, at the year end. I think that he will be fired if there's another season like if this if things don't turn around. I, uh, surely Woodward's not getting another summer in charge, given that the Glazers are lots of things, but they they can read financial tea leaves, can't they? So. You'd think that they're going to. But what's more expensive that. for them? Like the, 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 let's say worst possible case scenario on commercials, right? So we're going to get a renegotiated principal sponsor soon. Um, and the Adidas contract, which has got another decade to run or something like that. And a few others, right? Run out, right? And, and say we don't keep renewing them, which they were all crowing about on the financial call a couple of weeks ago. How well you're nice to doing about renewing contracts. So let's say that worst case scenario. Let's say there's a 80 million hit on commercials. That, that, I mean, that really is stretching it, you know, and a 40 million hit on broadcast. So we're down from peak revenue to in the mid 500s or something like that. Right. So that is, is a big chunk of revenue. They can probably, by not spending loads in the transfer market, ensure that the club remains reasonably profitable you know, and they can take a dividend. Right. So right. what what's the big hit? The other the other the other thing that people point to is the share price. It doesn't matter, right? They are they own ninety percent of the voting shares, right? They and there's hardly any shares floating around and being traded. Hardly any. Most of them are stuck in BlackRock in in super long term um, positions, you know. And there's no pressure just... on them. There's no pressure on them at all to to sell this club and that share price only matters when they do sell and when they do sell right that is a fictitious amount of money right it's like it's like um entrepreneurs who've got their first round of venture capital think they're billionaires right that money counts as for nothing until you sell and they put not a penny of their own money into the club it'll all be profit so if they sell for three billion now or four billion if the club's goes great or two billion if it doesn't it's still a ton of money anyway sorry i'll stop ranting i just uh need to point out that there's a certain percentage of our listeners who were absolutely sure at one point during that that you were going to say it doesn't matter what your share price is but then they would not have realized that you quoting the rock is never going to happen <laughs> but anyway uh right so um yeah united are rubbish and they're going to stay rubbish any more questions i'm bored of questions don't know about you so there might be but i'm done <laughs> All right, we're done. Have we got any? We, have, we haven't got any football to preview. Yeah, we have because we're not going to do a show before the Liverpool game, are no. we? We barely get a show out when there's actually football. Well, we might do a show. Um, are we going to do a show next weekend? No, I'm 
traveling around next uh, weekend, which I'm, I haven't, this is an off air conversation, but I've not yet told you that I'm, I'm going to do multiple podcasts next weekend, oh. just not our own. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm going oh, on a well, podcast. Well, 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 I won't have time to do a podcast because I'm too busy, busy whoring <laughs> it around on the podcast circuit. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to London. I'm going to go and record an episode of the TIFO podcast in the TIFO studios, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then I'm going to go and be on the Jim Burns and Dave podcast. And then on the sun- Sunday, I'm going to a live recording of the Tail Enders podcast, which I'm not going to be on. I'm just going to be in the crowd for that one. <laughs> there's, there's the dream. Um, but yeah, uh, so not here next weekend because it's an international break. So I thought it'd be fine <laughs> to go away and do other pod to see other podcasts behind your back. Um, but, I, I so might go and see the of- uh, United women's team. Oh, are you? Well, where, where are they playing? Well, well they're at Spurs. I think Spurs playing Barnet or something like that. So, um, right. it's um, it's by the M1. I'll 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 get there. Okay, I'll talk to you about that. See if I can go. I might be able to. I'm not sure if I will be able to, but I could try. Anyway, um, all this is by way of saying I don't really know what to say about the Liverpool game. We're gonna get. I mean, Paul. that's all you need to say. We're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna is... get bent over and <laughs> hard. The thing that's going to happen is United are going to be absolutely... I have no doubt whatsoever that United are going to be bang up for it. No doubt whatsoever that we're going to see the maximum effort these players have to give. But I don't think there's a problem with effort. I don't I don't think the problem is that the players don't care. I think the problem is that the players don't believe in themselves. And, um, and I think we're going to see maximum effort. And we might even see some half-decent football if some of our better players are back. Fit, you know, if we, I don't know what Wan Bissaka's situation is, but if we've like seen a back four with Wan Bissaka and Maguire and uh, Twan Zabe, I guess he's first choice now. Um, although Lindelof got a new contract, didn't he? Um, yeah, well, Lind- anyway. Lindelof picked up a little injury as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's that's clearly not the problem area, is it? But the, the, the real problem is they are really good defensively, they offer phenomenal threat down the flanks. Which I can't imagine offering threat down the flanks. What a dream that would be! Um, and uh, I mean, they're not going to sit back and soak up loads of pressure because. But the thing is, they're probably not going to have to. So, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you know when we were rubbish and they were good. We used to beat them all the time, right? Um, that used to be a, it. Used to be a thing. And when we were good and they were rubbish, they used to beat us fairly often. Um, so you know, who knows what's going to happen in this game, but. But pattern of play wise, it looks like a disastrous matchup. Yeah, it does because we're going to have to be pretty smart uh, with the ball at the back and and pretty brave to play it out. You know, honestly, a lot uh, and and turnover of possession could could be a real killer for us. Um, and those few chances we get to break, we're going to have to use it really, really smartly. So, uh, Marcus, get yourself on the beach. Don't link up with England. Uh, Paul Pogba, get yourself fit because we're going to need those. And Martial, we're going to need him fit. We're going to need them all fit, you know. And otherwise, we could get annihilated, unfortunately. And uh, predictions, predictions. Clearly, one 0 to United. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Down the microphone <laughs> two, for six times two, in a row. Two one United. I, I just I two nil Liverpool. We're going to get beaten. All right. I'm I'm going for a I'm going for a, a a miraculous scrappy United win. That's hey, listen, that's one of the possible future outcomes. It's two weeks away. Anything could happen between now and then. We could have Jurgen Klopp as our manager. 
seems a tad unlikely as a train of events. But you know, might have Potches our manager by then, given what's happening at Spurs oh, yeah. at the moment. They're in absolute catastrophe zones. They're having they're in omni shambles territory. The whole thing's falling apart. There's all manner of rumours about what's going on behind the scenes there. Um, some of it very John Terry and Wayne Bridge. Um, and uh, and yeah, so, so I, I hadn't heard that rumour. I've, I've heard well, the uh, players are despondent with Poch's attitude. Uh, he he's broken hearted about what happened. Thought he would have a chance at the United and or Real Madrid. Um, and or other big job didn't get I mean, any of them still... and is feeling pretty sorry for himself you'd, i've heard that you think he'd one. cheer you think you think he'd cheer up looking at both real madrid and man united and going oh, actually i've probably still got a chance at both of these jobs in not that distant future. oh no i mean he's definitely got a shot at the real madrid job i mean zidane i mean real madrid aren't doing that bad but zidane does not get on with perez anyway what what's yeah. the uh, what's the john terry um and uh, you can you can look that one up. Ed. We don't want to get we don't want to get slanderous on this. I do, I do, but I will look it up. <laughs> and you good people do that too. All right, thank you very much for listening to another episode of our show. Um, you can back us at patreoncom rankcast if you really love the show and want a bit more of it every week. Although, why you'd want more? Um, but Patreon backers do stay tuned for your bonus content, which won't be. I don't. We don't know exactly what it's going to be about, but I can tell you one thing: it ain't going to be about, and that's Manchester flipping United. All right, because I am sick to the back teeth of them. <laughs> all right, so uh, we love you all, and see you next week. Okay, bye now. <laughs>